Letter seventy six of Letters of John Keats to His Family and Friends, edited by Sidney Colvin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. To Richard Woodhouse, Hampstead, October twenty seventh, eighteen eighteen. My dear Woodhouse, your letter gave me great satisfaction, more on account of its friendliness than any relish of that matter in it, which is accounted so acceptable to the genus irritabile. The best answer I can give you is in a clerk-like manner to make some observations on two principal points which seem to point like indices into the midst of the whole pro and con about genius and views and achievements and ambition, etc. First, as to the poetical character itself, I mean that sort of which, if I am anything, I am a member, that sort distinguished from the Wordsworthian or egotistical sublime, which is a thing per se and stands alone it is not itself it has no self it is everything and nothing it has no character it enjoys light and shade it lives in gusto be it foul or fair high or low rich or poor mean or elevated it has as much delight in conceiving an iago as an imogen what shocks the virtuous philosopher delights the chameleon poet it does no harm from its relish of the dark side of things any more than from its taste for the bright one because they both end in speculation a poet is the most unpoetical of anything in existence because he has no identity he is continually in for and filling some other body the sun the moon the sea and men and women who are creatures of impulse are poetical and have about them an unchangeable attribute the poet has none no identity he is certainly the most unpoetical of all god's creatures if then he has no self and if i am a poet where is the wonder that i should say i would write no more might i not at that very instant have been cogitating on the characters of saturn and ops footnote this notes woodhouse is in reply to a letter of protest he had written keats concerning quote, what had fallen from him about six weeks back when we dined together at mr hesse's respecting his continuing to write which he seemed very doubtful of end quote. End footnote. it is a wretched thing to confess but it is a very fact that not one word i ever utter can be taken for granted as an opinion growing out of my identical nature how can it when i have no nature when i am in a room with people if i ever am free from speculating on creations of my own brain then not myself goes home to myself but the identity of every one in the room begins to press upon me so that i am in a very little time annihilated not only among men it would be the same in a nursery of children i know not whether i make myself wholly understood I hope enough so to let you see that no dependence is to be placed on what i said that day in the second place i will speak of my views and of the life i purpose to myself i am ambitious of doing the world some good if i should be spared that may be the work of maturer years in the interval i will essay to reach as high a summit in poetry as the nerve bestowed upon me will suffer the faint conceptions i have of poems to come bring the blood frequently into my forehead all i hope is that i may not lose all interest in human affairs that the solitary indifference i feel for applause even from the finest spirits will not blunt any acuteness of vision i may have 
I do not think it will. I feel assured I should write from the mere yearning and fondness I have for the beautiful, even if my night's labor should be burnt every morning, and no eye ever shine upon them. But even now I am perhaps not speaking from myself, but from some character in whose soul I now live. I am sure, however, that this next sentence is from myself. I feel your anxiety, good opinion, and friendship in the highest degree, and am yours most sincerely, John Keats. End of letter 76